Someone once said to me that real estate is people expressing their emotions through money. And I really connected with that statement because they're spending this massive amount of money on a home, but it's very emotional. The decision is emotional. What happens in that home is emotional. What happens when you sell that home is emotional. So it's just a very emotional transaction. And I really respect that. I respect the trust that people put in me to make that happen. Well, I'm excited for this week's episode of Entrepreneurial Impact. We've got Melinda joining us out of our, one of our KW offices in Northern Virginia, my co-host, Dave Donaldson. And just so everybody knows, I had to do the intro this this week, mainly because Dave had like, he's batting 0 for 3 on it. So <laughs> he doesn't have a gift for gab on this episode. So Melinda, we might be covering all of his mistakes and actually carrying him through this podcast today in the event that he can't actually articulate the uh, the common language of English that we share in in the Americas. You know, it's just one of those things that, and being live, you know, and, and being on audio sets the different tone for things. But hey, I'm like, you know, Joe DiMaggio, that, you know, was like not quite 56 episodes in a row, but 42 in a row before I actually made an intro mistake. So I can live with that. So I'm okay with it. I'll take those percentages and we're good. I own it. It gave Joe a great opportunity to tease you, so. Oh, it doesn't take much. Really? <laughs> Any open opportunity, right? I leave that door wide open on a regular basis. But yes, so we are here, and I'm very excited to have Melinda Schnorr uh, of Mosaic Residential here with us today. One of our outstanding, uh, right? See, I can't talk. Y'all just, I'm, I'm going to check out. Y'all go. So uh, let me take this one over for Dave to help him out on this one. I love you, Dave. And there's a lot of things. You, one of the best things that those of you have not seen Dave in person, he's wonderful as an MC. He owns the crowd inside of a very large venue. And I'm very proud of him for that. And also he does an amazing job that I can't even bring that type of energy. So Melinda, I know nothing about you, but you've been with KW for how long? Seven years. That's amazing. And my first question actually is going to be, how did you settle with mosaic like how, that, i like i love that name but how did you what's the story behind that one yeah yeah i had originally been a solo agent when i decided to form a team i wanted it to not just be about me but about the team and the name mosaic came from a lot of little pieces coming together to make something great something beautiful and there are a lot of little pieces that have to come together to buy a home so yeah Real estate is like a big mosaic art piece. That there's so much background to that that's like actually thoughtful that most people come up with some name that's like, oh, I saw it in a dictionary or it came up on Google. <laughs> so like the fact that there's like, and it's really thoughtful. Like there's so much intent behind that. That's a really cool um the reason is how you got to that name. And it's actually like meaning behind it, which a lot of people don't have. Yeah. Um, so let me ask you this question before you go into like kind of your journey. Um, I got into real estate because I answered a Craigslist ad uh, because my former employer at just, just, I had an amazing sales night in a restaurant and I was on like cloud nine. He comes in from New York the next morning, rains on my parade and just totally killed it. And I went on Craigslist. I was like, I'm done. Interviewed with Brandon Green and Bowman Keaty. And that's how I'm here today. How did you get into real estate? Yeah. Um, in my teens, my mom worked as a real estate assistant part-time, just something to do in addition to being a stay-at-home mom. And 
she worked for this really beautiful real estate agent who wore pencil skirts and high heels and had great hair and drove a Cadillac. And I thought, oh, you know, that looks like a, a really cool job. And I it kind of planted this, this seed in my mind, but it also formed like a, a, a love of real estate. I started paying attention to what houses would sell for. I look in our little local magazine in Burke Center, the conservator, the Burke conservator and see like just sold for 322. And I was, I just became interested in it. I didn't know how it worked or how to get started, but it was just an interest that kind of bubbled up over time. So instead of selling Sunset, you're buying Burke. <laughs> right. Yes, that's great. Terrible dad joke. I apologize, but um. But I did. I did not go straight to real estate, though. You know, I went to school. I thought I'd get an accounting job. Um, I had read up on real estate and realized it was, you know, I wasn't going to make a living that way. At least that's what I heard. You know, it was going to be very difficult to get started, and not many people succeed at it. And so I thought, well, I'm going to go to school, work on accounting. I got a staff accounting job, and later I moved into technology. And I worked for this awesome firm, Proxycom. The owners were Raul Fernandez and Ted Leonsis, who owns the Wizards and Capitals, was on the board. And um, I negotiated all our outsourcing contracts. And then 9-11 came and the technology sector was collapsing. There were layoffs. And I started thinking about what I was going to do if I got laid off. And I thought maybe I could... Maybe I could try out that real estate thing. So I got my license and started dabbling in it. And it just quickly took off for me. And I knew that it was time for me to leave my, my big tech job and, and do something I was really passionate about. So I want to bring you back to something you said. Um, and you kind of understand this one is on, you, you said that you were told that it'd be hard and very few people are successful, right? And then fast forward to a point where you had to make a career change. And then you did, you jumped in into real estate and then you were successful in a short period of time. What do you attribute your success? Now I'm getting the gift for gab from Dave now. Um, <laughs> what do you attribute the success to for you that you were in the small percentage of people that were highly successful in a short period of time? Yeah, I think that, I had a lot of great relationships altogether, just friendships. And then my colleagues at the company I worked with had watched me negotiate over time. They had some hilarious nicknames for me, like chainsaw, get the, get the rate cut in half Mel, you know? <laughs> so uh, <laughs> I think that they thought that I at least had the drive. Another girl in the office called me the get girl. Cause if I wanted to go get something, I made it, ha I always made it happen. So, um, I was definitely terrified, but I had saved the money to, you know, pay my mortgage and everything else while I tried to launch this business. And quite frankly, my best friend took a chance on me. He was like, all right, you've bought a house before you have a mentor. Let's do this thing. I'm, I'm older and I need to, I need to catch up here. And so him just taking that chance on me really gave me the gift to attract more buyers and sellers into my life. It's incredible. Now, when you got into the business, you were, you were with a different organization, which is fine. We allow that mm -hmm. 
there, right? We all started somewhere, right? Now, yeah. we didn't all drink the Kool-Aid from Jump. <laughs> but when I got to know you, you really threw yourself into your business, right? I, I don't yeah. know. I know you were successful before that, but I know when you joined Keller Williams, you started pulling different levels and your where state is saying that your business really did start to take off. What yeah, was that I, for you? I mean, other than changing organizations, which sometimes people need a fresh start, but sure. what changed for you internally? Well, I came to realize, I mean, it's, it's almost, it's, it's actually embarrassing to admit, but the 12 years that I had been with my former company, I came to realize that I had never really gotten the full training that I actually needed to be successful. I also had a definition of success based on what I was surrounded with. So it was back to pencil skirts, high heels, and, you know, driving a Lexus was a symbol of success. And I just, at some point in my life, I felt like I could be doing better. Um, it, in one example, when my son was born 15 years ago, he was, he was ill and, uh, I really had trouble sustaining my business while I was taking care of him and in and out of the hospital. But when Zach was ill, after I had moved to Keller Williams, I had all the tools that I needed then because of all the training I had gotten to actually grow my business while my son was back in the hospital. And by the way, he's doing great now. He's very healthy and uh, six feet tall. So he's, he's, he's doing all right. But it was really about like lack of knowledge. And I remember going to different agents in my former office and being like, how did you do it? And I thought they were really successful and I really looked up to them, but they had a mentality that was anti-collaboration. It was kind of like they didn't want to share their trade secrets. And I actually found that as I opened up and shared with them, they started taking things from me and I would watch them then replicate them in the market and thought, this isn't for me. There has to be some place where we can actually support each other and share and lift each other up. And it took me a full year to really find this place. And then I fell in love with it very quickly. You were one of the first people that I met, David, um, when I walked into a business planning meeting. I had never been invited to participate in anything like that in my 12 years then, now 20 years but 12 years and I had never been to a business planning clinic. I'd never run it like a business. I had never done lead generation. I didn't know I should track my database. I had been flying by the seat of my pants for 12 years and still selling eight to $10 million worth of real estate. But it was amazing how I would go from 12, 15 transactions to 42 transactions my first full year with Keller Williams. So huge change having training knowledge and then having the collaboration of the agents here was amazing also being encouraged to be myself i i'm a jeans and t-shirt girl i am not a pencil skirt high heels and a hockey mom let's get be clear and a hockey mom and a hockey mom so i'm often you know have on a hat a very large coat and some uggs so um it was really great for me to find out that I could be myself and I would attract people that fit into my life back into my business as well. And yeah, I mean, it made for a really happy business, which I knew that I could love. Something was missing. I just was in the wrong place and I didn't even realize it. But now to do business and actually feel happy about it, like I love coming to the office. 
I love my clients. I love being with them. About 85% of our business comes from our database. And I don't know, it's just, it was the right choice. So it'll be seven years next, next month since I've been here and I'll be 20 years in business in May. I love hearing these stories because there's trends in everybody's success stories. They're not all the same, but there's a lot of like yeah. similarities. And and I, I'm a big pro, uh, proponent of history repeats itself just with different players, right? Um, or different pieces on the puzzle, whatever you want to call it. Uh, what's cool about your story that you said the reason that you jumped into real estate from the career in tech was there was somebody in your sphere that supported you and gave you the the backstop i wouldn't say the courage because you're the one who had to you know give the resignation and go full time but you kept a sphere of close-knit people behind you as support um because we all need that so who you're in business with matters and like who's in your world your your five right who are your five, five most influential people that are helping you grow and then what's cool to hear from a top producer like yourself is saying hey look at all the stuff i was doing and i sold 15 to 20 houses while like bootstrapping it. So you already had a high level of achievement, right? And I don't mean that that's not, please don't take that as like, that's not dismissive no. at all. It's they're saying like, hey. I was flying by the seat of my pants. I I was not organized. I didn't, the checks were deposited right into my personal checking account. You know, surprise, you owe the money to IRS, write a check, you know. They're going to get their money one way or another, right? <laughs> I was living my life as an employee of X real estate firm. And I was not running or building a business. I was miserable trying to fit into an ideal that I saw um, at this firm. And and it, it, even when I joined the firm, I was told, you know, oh, there's 250 of the best dressed real estate agents, you know, so there goes my jeans and t-shirt out the window, you know? <laughs> Shucks. Um, but I think it's cool. You're um for those of you listening, there's actually a really you you glossed over it, and I see most high achievers don't give themselves enough credit because like you're humble because you're hungry. You're like, hey, look, just another day in the office, like it's nothing to like keep it moving here. But you hit a well a ceiling of achievement based on like what your own natural strengths are, which is cool. And then by coming over to a different environment that's really based on models and systems, processes, culture, whatever the other value adds that you had when you you know spoke with Kid United. But what I think is really awesome is to see a success story like yourself say, hey, look, I winged it. I was capable. I was going to have the drive and hustle to do it. But as soon as I changed my environment and then shifted to who I was in business with, I was actually able to put systems, models, and things that were actually going to allow me to be strategic, Right to get to another level of success, to truly have a business worth owning, to give you the life that you need for your kids. And I would imagine, I don't want to speak for, for you, uh, Melinda, but I'd imagine that because of the business that you run and the opportunities that you took, it was able, was able to afford you the, the luxury to be able to take care of your son and his time of like health. being. Yeah. Yeah. And, and now, uh, you know, I have a competitive ice hockey player daughter in the house uh, my son plays ice hockey too but she is on two different travel teams and you know it has afforded me the luxury to travel with her and to participate in those games and not 
need to be present working 60 hours a week in order to sustain or grow a business. And there are times I need to go back and, and hustle and double down on my lead gen and do things like that. I mean, I've, I've hit spots like that in my life, but I also know what to do. Um, and, and quite frankly, I often just go back to my very basics. So we will revamp and look at our operations manual. We'll look at, am I calling enough? Am I writing enough? Am I doing little pop buys? How am I touching my database? How can I help them during this specific time in our lives? I mean, back in the day when I was getting started, people were leaving their tech jobs as they were being laid off. And so one of the ways that I helped them was by helping them in some cases, leverage real estate to make money. Some of them were, we had a big housing boom at the time and some of them were buying homes and then turning around and selling them. In some cases we were selling their contract to other people and making them money. And then because of my contacts, I was helping them find other jobs. Um, so I'm always trying to think about how I can actually help my database of friends and family, as opposed to how they're going to help me. I feel like that comes naturally that they want to refer me. And I feel like when I am referred, they're genuinely excited to make that connection. And they usually will tell that person, you can't use anyone else. You've got to talk to Melinda. So I feel very proud to be their realtor of choice. You know, what's pretty awesome to hear you talk about that. And and again, Joe talks about the arc of, of the successful realtor and you can say the success leaves clues, but compassion leads to success, right? And being in our industry, right? As a realtor, we learn so much about people in a very intense period of time. Yeah. And when we treat that appropriately, right? And we react in kind and in need, right? For others that are transitioning in their lives, right? You talk about things that have nothing and everything to do with real estate at the same time, helping them find out their earth. What do we know? We know people that are going through a tough time because they might need to sell or might need to find a job. We know others that might need to find people to help have leverage in their world, either in the tech industry, others, or in real estate. And we know how to introduce people because we just give a crap, right? Those that care succeed. People are not a number. And that's what I'm hearing you say. Absolutely. And I mean, our clients, when when I'm talking to a, a client and I'm connecting with them, that connection is really important. And I always say to them, this is not just a business transaction. This is a very personal transaction for someone that's buying a primary residence, especially because they are going to put their heart into that home, right? So I will say to them, like, we need to be able to trust each other and we need to be able to have open conversations and some personal conversations. Like they may be tough questions. Like, do you intend to have children? Because if they tell me they're going to attempt to have children in a couple of years, then maybe we don't want to put them in a house on King street where, you know, there's a lot of traffic, et cetera, or maybe a specific school district is important. So mm -hmm. one of the things I always say is it just can't be about business and, you know, selling them a home. And so someone once said to me that real estate is people expressing their emotions through money. And I really connected with that statement because 
they're spending this massive amount of money on a home, but it's very emotional. The decision is emotional. What happens in that home is emotional. What happens when you sell that home is emotional. So it's just a very emotional transaction. And I really respect that. I respect the trust that people put in me to make that happen. You know, it's um, recently I've been, I was, uh, I like small books. Joe likes big books. I like, I like small, <laughs> digestible books. But I've been going through 25 uh, ways to win with people from John Maxwell recently. And what's really great is that the, some of these successful writers and business papers, it, it's not a lot of the, I mean, there's ideas there, but it's how they present some of the things. But when I'm talking to you, I'm able to jump. And I'm like, my gosh, I just read this, right? So when I'm going through that list and what I'm hearing you say, like I'm, I'm, I'm hearing and I'm going right through, but it's like, do for others what they can't do for themselves. Listen with your heart. Be the first to help. I mean, this is the three of the things that just jump off the list. And you just nailed them through like it was commonplace and everyday practice for you because it is. And I think that's amazing. Thanks. Yeah. It certainly makes the job enjoyable. Um, and and clients have really cared for me in return. You know, I've gone through some stuff, um, especially with our son uh, having some medical challenges. You know, my my clients have turned into friends and we really care about each other. So they've been there for me too. And I'm really thankful for that. I, I don't really have any transactions that I walk away from that. I'm not looking forward to seeing that person again. So come yeah. on, there's nobody in your phone that like when it comes up, it says, do not answer. Oh yeah. 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 <laughs> I, <laughs> the other I, like, <laughs> I like to give them better names than that. <laughs> gremlin don't answer after <laughs> gremlin. otherwise it turns into hell in a handbasket right. um, <laughs> i am not i am not immune to uh you know crazy people every now and then i think what did i do to attract this person into my life and i do try to think about that i try to think about what i'm attracting into my life i'm like wow is my crazy showing am i flying some kind of flag here that's, that's bringing these people to me maybe i need a little attitude adjustment right but i'm definitely not immune there there have definitely been some adventures in my career but what doesn't kill you makes you stronger right and it's been great for me to have those kinds of transactions in my past cuz it helped me to set boundaries so you know, when a client comes to me and they might be really aggressive, if I can't diffuse that and connect with them and get them to trust me, then we're probably not the right fit. And I'm not going to try to put a square peg in a round hole. I'm just not, I'm not going to do it. It's not going to be good for them because they might feel I'm too emotional or sensitive. Um, and it's not going to be good for me because I'm going to feel like they don't respect or trust me. And so I just, yeah, I mean, it's definitely helped me to establish boundaries in my business of what I will and won't do and who I will and won't work with. Um, let me ask you this question then. Why do you keep doing it then? So like you've had the career in accounting, you did the, the tech stuff, you got into real estate, you, you doubled your business, transitioned firms, all that kind of stuff. What gets you up every day to continue doing this and building this business? You know, there's a couple of things driving me. First and foremost, I want other women and girls to see that women can be strong, independent, run a business and take care of themselves. Um, 
without compromising their family or having what they want to have. Maybe they don't want a family, um, but whatever that is, um, I want to inspire women and girls. And my daughter is inspiring me by playing ice hockey in a predominantly men's sport. Um, so that's really important to me, but at the end of the day, making a living presents freedom to me and that freedom keeps growing over time. And at this point in my life, I'm coming up on 50 years old and I'm thinking about what my future looks like and what I want to do. And one of those things is to be able to donate a significant amount of money to Children's Miracle Network. I love the line, money is only good for the good that money can do. And man, it would, it would be an amazing gift for myself and my family to be able to make a million dollar donation to Children's Miracle Network. So I'm thinking about that legacy. I'm also setting an example for my kids by showing them what an entrepreneur can do. And that's just not running a real estate business. That's introduced me to investments and many other things. We own some Airbnbs. We own some long-term rentals. We now set goals as a family around that. Um, we travel internationally with the kids and, and take them on really nice vacations. We talk to them about saving themselves. As a matter of fact, I was just talking to the kids this morning. We have a, a family text message group called the fam damly. And, and I, and I sent them a message and I said, Hey, you know, I read this article and, you know, working for mom, if I open this self-directed or if I open this, um, Roth IRA for you, if you work for me and we put a hundred dollars a month in it, you'll have a million dollars by the time that you're 55. And so they both sent little, you know, smiley and excited emojis. And then one of them said, Hey, what, when can I get to work? What do you got? So, <laughs> so I love like inspiring them to do better with finances. Um, and just think about what small things can add up to big things like a hundred dollars. That's a pretty strong way to kind of, to wrap this up, right? You kind of summarize that your legacy through personal wealth, right? Legacy through charitable and not just setting your, your children up in future generations because of the success that you've had, but by leading them and showing them how. Teach them to fish, right? Don't just give them the fish. Don't get me wrong. I give them little fish all the time, <laughs> but they're learning to fish too. They're managing their own finances. They're earning money and they're learning how to leverage that money into bigger things. One of them has an Acorns account, which he's investing in. He, he also has bought some stocks in Microsoft and Apple. And it's been really fun to show him like, look how much your stock went up or here, this Tesla stock split, it went from being one share to now 15 shares. And so I love teaching them that. And same with our Airbnbs, like they've been with us and stayed in those Airbnbs and watched me decorate them or my husband fix something. And they, they want to know, they're like, well, how, do, how do you make money doing this? So we talk about it. And I think that will have their minds a lot more open to the different potential in life to earn money in more ways than just going to college and working for a corporation, but we'll encourage them to do whatever makes them happy. I just hope that they'll continue to explore the world around them and 
the way that they can enjoy it by investing in different things. So let me ask you this, and, and, and we'll give you back the rest of your day. So you've had an incredible experience, right? But if you had three pieces of advice to share with others coming up or getting started, what would that look like? So if you're new, then I would really focus on getting that foundation into place because that was the biggest game changer for me. When I jumped into the business, I really jumped and I dove all in. But what I didn't do was create a foundation that I could build on. So I didn't have any systems or processes. I, I mean, I barely had a spreadsheet to track my clients and a file box from back in the day when we had the three copies, pink, yellow, white, press hard contracts. That's I coming from an accountant. Um, and, you know, I kept those things in a box and, and, you know, I just wasn't, I didn't know how to grow the business. I didn't know how. And if I had just started a database and started following up with those people and demonstrating to them how I cared about them by leading with my heart, then I would eventually receive in return. And what I was doing instead was just, I was just being very transactional. It wasn't that I didn't like these people. I just did what came naturally. And I also thought, okay, the transaction's over. Thank you. And sometimes they would call me back. Other times they were just busy with life and the they saw a sign in the neighborhood and said, oh, we should call that lady. They forgot about me because I wasn't around. I, I didn't have a system to follow up. And after you've done a couple hundred transactions, it can be really hard to stay in touch with everyone if you don't have a system. And I've been so glad to reunite with some people that I had let go because I wasn't paying attention, right? I didn't have a system to help remind me. So really strong foundation would be number one. And number two would be, don't be afraid to ask. So, you know, your family and friends, they might be a little nervous because you're new, but boost their confidence in you by letting them know that you have a great team behind you to support you, especially if you're with KW, right? You've got a whole office full of people out there ready to help. And I think, um, I had a new agent say to me just the other day, he was like, well, I'm only 21. How's anybody going to trust me because I'm so young? And the first thing I did was give him an example of the amazing Jake Hamilton and tell him how Jake before being 21 was producing more than a lot of us here. Um, but I also said to him, if someone calls you out on your age, say, well, let me ask you this. If you had a choice between a BlackBerry and an iPhone 14, which would you choose? Because I'm your iPhone 14, right? You've got all the latest tech. You're young, resilient, a go-getter. Tell them all the great things about being a fresh agent, right? So um, I really loved that. He, he thought that was hilarious that he was my iPhone 14. Or you can be like Dave and have an Android. Samsung Galaxy, go for it, baby. He's got the green bubble. Yeah, he's one of those. <laughs> Everybody else is on the group text and give emojis and thanks and all that. And you're the one jacking up the whole conversation. I apologize, Melinda. Back to you. <laughs> Let's see. You said three things. So we said systems and processes, not being afraid to ask your friends and family for their support. And I guess 
the third thing is don't be afraid to be yourself because the people that are in your sphere, they love you for who you are, right? Or they wouldn't spend time with you. So don't spend so much time trying to create an image and fit yourself into a box. I did that for so long and it was so uncomfortable that I think in a lot of ways, the people that I worked with maybe felt uncomfortable too. And so being able to be that person that, you know, after, after they get to know you can be casual and open and herself, that is part of the attraction, right? There is enough business for all of us. The person that only wants to work with the agent that is wearing the pencil skirt and the high heel and driving the Cadillac, they may not want to work with me. And guess what? That's okay. It's totally cool if jeans and t-shirt guy across the streets, like I need somebody down to earth. I can hang out with and talk to because this is a big deal, right? So be yourself, embrace that and use it to your advantage because you have more attraction and skills and charisma than you ever thought. Double down on it, right? Oh, fantastic. Well, Melinda, I can't thank you enough for joining us today and being open as honest and just being yourself because that's just who you are. So thank you. For that. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So everybody, thanks for joining us on today's edition of Entrepreneurial Impact, and we will see you next week. See ya. Thanks, Melinda. Nice, Dave.